Oh, what do we got going on? What are we doing now? Wait a minute. What in the world is going on? Heenan, you on? Well, I can hear you. I, see, the, see. They're not even going to wait for the introductions here. They're going to go at it. This is supposed to be Loch Ness and Lex Luger opening up here on Nitro. What in the What is going on? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. That's the giant. And I know he, how he feels. There's only going to be one giant here at WCW. And I think he resents that other man, Loch Ness, referring to himself as a giant. There's a big man. There's the giant. You got a half a ton of human being out here hammering away. It's supposed to be Luger. We got music playing. We got people standing. Jam-packed UC, UTC Arena. Hell, everybody, and welcome to the war zone. WCW. He's gonna have to walk right through these both men. One of them is his opponent. Look it all happened on the floor. He's posing. We got a Japanese monster movie going on over here. It's Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, and then we got Mr. Pretty Boy posing. Look at this. Luger walks right by the giant, seven foot four, 440 pounds, hammering away on this monster. I told you. Who's the biggest? I'm the one. He's nuts. Censored has a habit of bringing out the maniac in everybody, but this guy, cool, calm, collected the world television title on the line here tonight. One of those, but what? He's one half of the world tag team champions. He's also the total package, and he could care less if his opponent's going to get in the ring or not. He's going to stand in there and wait like a professional. We got a count going here. We have got a count for Loch Ness. He is the bell is rung, the bell is rung, and the official is counting out the Loch Ness. He is draped over the guardrail. Like That's a it. Rhino. That's it. Oh, wow. Look at Luger. Look is at he Luger. proud of himself? He, he acts like he just won the world championship. He didn't even break a sweat. Oh, Dave, get your. Is your headset on? Can you what? Hello. You hear, can you hear me, Dave? I, I, your, I think I think so. Get your all right. Get your hello, hello, and welcome to where the big boys play. Welcome to twenty years of Nitro, our week by week breakdown of WCW's flagship show, where each episode is reviewed on the twentieth anniversary of its airing. I am your host Tim Root, and with me, as always, is my broadcast partner. Dave Amantorp. Dave, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm a little frazzled. I, I wasn't ready for that. I mean, oh, were, man. W- were we planning on doing a show today? Yeah, I mean, it started at its normal time, and <laughs> we were in our, our chairs ready to go, but uh, for some reason, <laughs> I just didn't have my headset on because the action came fast and furious. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that action, even though it started promptly at the time the show always starts. <laughs> Uh, we are coming to you live as live can get this week from Chattanooga, Tennessee, in front of 7,009 fans, 6,008 of whom paid for a total gate of $63,734. That's a that's another good percentage of fans actually paid. Doing fantastic. Yeah, things are on an upswing. Uh, I don't know if I said it or not, but it is, in fact, March 18th, 1996. Uh... Some shit that probably looked really dumb was popular, uh, fashion-wise. <laughs> Some music that was probably terrible was popular, music-wise. 
WWF is on the road to WrestleMania 12. Yeah, they are uh, getting ready for the big Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart. And we are getting ready for another week of exciting WCW Monday Nitro action. But before we get to all of that, I do need to remind you that you can find us at Facebook.com slash 20 Years of Nitro. You can email the show at 20YearsOfNitro at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I've been using Twitter a lot more lately. I've uh, I've gotten some tweets from Joey Styles, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Miro, yep. uh, former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. Oh, nice. And I had uh, current NXT superstar and former TNA champion and ROH champion Austin Aries uh, blatantly steal a joke from me uh, during the Super Bowl. Yeah. That motherfucker. He, <laughs> he made a tweet. I replied... He liked my tweet, so he definitely read it, and then he just rephrased what I said in his own tweet and got, like, 200 likes and 100 retweets of my fucking joke. (laughs) There's a paper trail. There's a paper trail all the (laughs) way back. I was going to, like, try to call him out and, I don't know, use hashtags or all that shit, but (laughs) I was like, uh, people are just going to side with the person they already know. He's a celebrity. I'm Joe Idiot. Like, (laughs) even if I'm right, I'm going to look like the fucking asshole. So time to just let it go. (laughs) I mean, when you're, when you have a Twitter avatar that's just like a picture, it's not you, they side with the person that has the actual (laughs) picture. That's just how it works. Uh, and And I, I mean... I'm going to be mad for like a week, but I love Austin Aries. I can't <laughs> right. I can't even stay mad. He's so he's, good. He's the greatest man who has ever lived. <laughs> Such a good nickname. <laughs> uh, anyway, as you could hear from the top of the show, we basically played for you the opening of the show. Things start off uh, crazy this week as we get uh, the opening of the show with the Giant and Loch Ness are just in the aisleway brawling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bischoff, Bobby, and Mongo are making a big show of getting their headsets on. Like, they were caught unaware, but as, as we kind of alluded to earlier, uh, it started at the normal time. There's there's no reason they shouldn't have just been prepared, uh, you know, with their headsets on. It makes no sense. Right. And and I mentioned this when I watched, the, watched it initially, because the Giant was attacking Loch Ness to end last week's Nitro. Right. And since it started up, like, right away without intro, I could have sworn it was like, uh, like they were trying to show, like, a runoff. Or something like that from last week. So I was like really confused, <laughs> which I think that's what they were going for. Maybe. I don't. I don't know if confusion equals buy rates. Or maybe the idea is that they left last week's arena and the giant and Loch Ness fought all the way to the bus, fought <laughs> on the bus for the entire ride, fought for the entire week before this show, mm-hmm. fought as they were setting up the ring, as they were like loading up the T-shirts, and now we're just cutting to the you know next week's episode of Nitro. And they're they're yeah. still fighting it, because it, when I think of two guys that can go a week long of fighting <laughs> with plenty of stamina, it is the giant and Loch Ness. So it's kind of like uh, when when Peter fights the giant chicken on Family Guy. Yes, it exi- exactly <laughs> like that. That they they're able to go through these obstacles and like <laughs> time passes. Lex Luger comes out. He is scheduled uh, to defend his United States title against Loch Ness, and uh, so he comes out and strolls by this brawl and flexes with his pyro going off. Uh, basically uh, does his entire entrance as if none of this is happening. Just completely pretends that two gigantic men are not brawling, not but three feet away from him. Right. Uh, hilarious. It's Luger again, as he's been over the past month or so, just being amazing and hilarious, and I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, he retains the TV title by countout. He gets to the ring, and even though Loch Ness has not entered the ring, and thus I don't think the ref is supposed to start the match... They do just because uh, the gimmick is that he gets the countout victory and acts like he, you know, he does the Daniel Bryan uh, celebrate like you just won 
an Iron Man match against like the greatest wrestler of all time. Right. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it really reminds me of Luger um, a little bit at SummerSlam when he uh, beat Yokozuna by countout and then celebrated as if he had won the championship when yes. he had actually accomplished nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least in this case, he's retaining a belt, but. <laughs> right. Would in fact he accomplished nothing. <laughs> Jimmy Hart comes out and jumps into Lex's arms, and Lex celebrates for a moment before remembering that he's uh, supposed to publicly hate Jimmy Hart so that <laughs> Sting doesn't catch on. So he then sends uh, Jimmy scurrying, and uh, he, he just continues to be on fire with this character. I cannot say, and I know week in and week out I'm saying it, but yeah. God, it's every time there's a new wrinkle, and each is just funnier than the last. <laughs> yeah. And it's something that we realize we need to appreciate because it will it will end and we'll probably get the normal Lex Luger after a while. Uh, Luger walks straight over to the announcers and cuts a brief promo there about how great he has been lately. Uh, Mongo and Bischoff, of course, don't like it, but Bobby applauds for him. Uh, Mongo is wearing a weird like black coat thing that makes him look like he is a television chef. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. It's like one of the, you know how chefs have that kind of. All those buttons on the front, almost like a faux military thing. Oh, and Mongo yeah. is just wearing one of those shirts. I, <laughs> it looks like he's uh, the next Iron Chef or something. All right. <laughs> Shivani comes out, and he welcomes to the aisle the Mega Powers. Oh, I need to mention my favorite part about the Luger uh, going up to the announcer. Oh, by Luger. all means. Uh, he, he says to Mongo that it, it's kind of like if in football you won based on the coin toss. And then he wants a high five as for him to agree, like with a high five. Yeah. And he wouldn't high five. <laughs> That's right. But he's just like so exuberant and also like, yeah, yeah, you'll agree with you, right? That would be awesome if you could win <laughs> football games without playing the football game. Yeah. Like you said, he's just like completely on fire. And it, the weirdest thing is it's like it's going to like his mic work too, which is right. easily the the weakest part of yeah. the sugar. But Something know. is clicking for him in a way that yeah. it's just never clicked before. And and WCW is like, give him more titles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Mega Powers are out, and they have a promo. But before they get to that, uh, because they're going to allude to some things in these promos that are going to need a healthy dose of explanation. Okay. <laughs> Where we left you last week, the upcoming main event at Uncensored was to be mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan in a triple-decker uh four chamber i guess uh cage match yeah cage of doom tower of doom whatever they're calling it uh and in one cage was going to be rick flair in another cage was going to be uh arn anderson Mm -hmm. in another cage was going to be kevin sullivan yep and in another cage was going to be lex luger yes now of course the original change of this match was Loch ness was going to be in one of those but jimmy hart use his power of attorney to sneak Lex in there. Uh, I don't, you know, they never really explain why he thinks Lex should be in there rather than Loch Ness. That part is never explained. But anyway, anyway, Mm -hmm. that's where we were at as of last week. Now, on the March 16th Saturday night, there were some developments regarding this big uh, Doomsday Cage match at Uncensored, and things started off right where we had left them uh, at the beginning of Saturday night as we uh, joined Mean Gene Okerlund in the WCW Control Center, Uh-oh. and he laid it all down for us. 
All right, Saturday night, we're back at the Control Center only a week from tomorrow night away from Uncensored, live from Tubelo, Mississippi. Call now regarding pay-per-view availability. The talk of the wrestling world, the doomsday match where the incomparable Hulk Hogan will be four men in separate cages. The four men, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, and the total package Lex Luger. It's a progressive match, and for Hogan to make it through this one, he's indeed going to have to be an Iron Man. In other action, man versus woman. Colonel Robert Parker tangles, or is that tangos? Either one, yes, with the beautiful Medusa. Current U.S. champ Conan defends against the very capable and motivated Eddie Guerrero. Lord Steven Regal does battle with an old enemy, the Belfast bruiser Fit Finley. And don't forget the Chicago street fight. Sting and a yet-to-be-named partner replacing Lex Luger, meeting the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. I'm going to have more later in this show, but make the necessary telephone call right now to join us for one of the most important, one of the most exciting pay-per-views ever. Uncensored, folks, just one week from tomorrow night, live and available only on pay-per-view. Call your cable company right now. Satellite dish owners, contact Turner Premier or DirecTV. It's Uncensored. All right. With me so far, Dave? <laughs> yeah. I uh... I did like the reference to Hulk Hogan being the Iron Man. Right, yeah. <laughs> Screw Brett and Sean. Hulk Hogan is the real Iron Man this month. And he also called him the incomparable Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, so uh, everything seems pretty straightforward. Things are exactly where they l we left them one week ago. Yes. That was until me and Gene had a chance to get in the locker room and talk to Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. All right, folks, we are back on Saturday night. I'm joined by the Mega Powers, the yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage, and, of course, the great Hulk Hogan. Gentlemen, still to come later in this television program, you're going to be facing a couple of members of the Dungeon of Doom. Monday night, more action, a Texas tornado match. But Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, gentlemen, you have uh, made me privy to some information that I think these folks are going to find mighty interesting. Well, you know, brother, after the double-strap lumberjack match with the Macho Man and the Booty Man coming out on top, strapping everybody's booty, we're on one heck of a roll. And like the Macho Man says, there's two kinds of momentum. There's negative momentum and there's positive momentum. But right now, brother, we're on a roll. And in the Texas Tornado match this Monday, there's nowhere for them to run Again, brother, we got it in the middle of the ring with no tag. We got him cornered, macho. I'm almost speechless, but yeah. not quite. Yeah, because when you're a ball of fire, just like I feel like I'm Mr. Sun, how are you going to get hotter? How are you going to catch more heat? You might as well just take one more step to the other side. And that's a Texas tornado match. Yeah, and you and me are in it. Yeah. Uh, how's it feel to be heat on heat and let oh, nitro man. blow up? going to be the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan and world champion Ric Flair. You know, we got a lot of business to take care of this Saturday night. And on top of that business, Mean Gene, I let you in on a little secret earlier, brother. You know, doomsday for the brothers here doesn't mean nothing. Doomsday for Hulk Hogan doesn't mean nothing. When I signed on the dotted line, when there were four steel cages and there were four men united to wipe out Hulkamania, brother, you know, I was born at night, but not last night, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just one second, Emily, can I please get a copy? Thank you very much of the contract. Oh, that's fine. Yes. That's fine, brother. You know something? Right here where I said, right on the dotted line, 
That doesn't say Hulk Hogan, brother. It does. What does that say, dude? It says the Mega Powers. Yeah, brother. That's exactly what it says. And so as far as the dirtiest player in the game goes, you might as well call him Hulk Hogan, brother. Because in Doomsday, I was, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night, if you know what I mean, brother. I don't know what you mean, <laughs> Sir, Hulk. No I one knows what know. you mean. <laughs> that was amazing. Who, who, what was the... What woman were they talking about? Uh, Emily, apparently some production assistant who handed me and Gene <laughs> the contract. <laughs> She's looking good. <laughs> like, that that was amazing. I'm so glad yeah. that is a part of this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Uh, Hulk Hogan signed the contract for the Doomsday Cage match with the name The Mega Powers and thus is <laughs> legally entitled... <laughs> To include Randy Savage <laughs> in the match. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that the entire conceit of the uncensored pay-per-view is that none of these matches are sanctioned by WCW, <laughs> right. and thus contracts <laughs> should not be necessary. Right. But this is now two matches affected by contracts, because Luger is out of the tag team uh, championship match yep. because uh-huh. someone has power of attorney over him. <laughs> and now this match. So... <laughs> For, these un- for, these, <laughs> for this unsanctioned event, there's a lot of paperwork going on oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, there you have it. Uh, our main event for Uncensored is set. It is going to be the Mega Powers mm-hmm. uh, in a cage match, a triple-decker, four-chambered match against uh, Kevin Sullivan, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Lex Luger. Thank God we have got that taken care of. Yes. But for- wait. <laughs> Forever. About 10 minutes later, <laughs> Mean Gene has a little conversation with Kevin Sullivan. And what do you think Kevin Sullivan has to say? Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by members of the Alliance to End Hulkamania. That I know who they are. Kevin Sullivan, Taskmaster, may be something else again. Let me say one thing. I'm going to make it real clear. The problem with the horsemen in the dungeon is through. You know, Hogan... When you said it was signed, Mega Powers, so you walked Randy Savage into the cage, what you actually did was put him on death row because it was signed, the allegiance to end Hulkamania. So if you want to play one-upsmanship, well, we can do it too. Hogan, Savage, we had another man right in that cage. And I don't think you're going to make uncensored when Flair and myself get through with you Monday night at night show. Okay, on to another subject. Jimmy Hart, you can probably answer this for me. Holy shit. (laughs) So, apparently, not only did uh, Hulk Hogan sneak one by by signing the Mega Powers, but the Alliance to End Hulkamania snuck one by by signing, uh, well, apparently, according to Kevin Sullivan, they signed the Allegiance to end Hulkamania, which is not really the name of their little organization. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's going to hold up in court. We're going to have to find out Sunday at Uncensored. <laughs> you know what this is kind of reminding me of? What? Um, from that uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror when they keep blowing off the space dust on the cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if you look closer at the contract... Oh, come on, Lee. Yeah, believe me, then just look at this book that I found. 
humans, you'll stop eating. Blinking, you big, stupid space creature. Nobody, but nobody eats the Simpsons. I beg your pardon. Don't play dumb with me. We found your book. Uh, you mean this? <laughs> it's a harmless cookbook. It's just a little dusty. Wait a minute. <gasps> Wait, there's still more space dust on here. <sighs> Let me get this straight. You thought they thought we were going to eat them. I, I mean, I didn't see this actual episode of Saturday Night, mm -hmm. but it sounds like they're improvising during this. It's <laughs> crazy. So now we have the Mega Powers versus the four men that we've already named a couple times. I'm not going through the list again. Right. And apparently whoever they want to add to the match because they don't say, like, so we're adding so-and-so and such-and-such. -and -such. Right. So they're just going to add some dudes, I guess. <laughs> and there we go. Uh, so, Mean Gene, could you just come in here one more time and clarify exactly what we're going to have at Uncensored, please? Here we go. A week from tomorrow night, it's Uncensored. It's live as only live can be. And of course, it's on pay-per-view. Call now for availability. Obviously, you now know there are a number of developments as we head to Uncensored. We want to keep you apprised of them. You've just heard Hulk Hogan now involving the mega powers. That's Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage against the alliance to end Hulkamania. Kevin Sullivan and company now promising that they're going to add more people to their end of this entire fiasco. The doomsday match and the war, folks, is really escalating. As you know, just signed for Uncensored. The Battle of the Giants, as the Loch Ness Monster, nearly 700 pounds, squares off with the 7-foot, 4-inch, 400-pound giant. Of course, the Chicago street fight is going to be Sting and a yet-to-be-named tag team partner. Well, I can't wait to see who all the participants are in this entire fiasco. <laughs> right. That That's was... quite a prescient comment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we are about 20 minutes into this episode now and about three minutes into this episode of Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there was a lot of development over the weekend. There was so much that <laughs> happened. Hey, Tim Root checking in here from the future. Uh, after we recorded this episode a few weeks ago, we realized that we were missing some of the audio for this section. It got eaten by my laptop somehow. Uh, so suffice it to say that the ground that we covered is that the reason why these changes took place uh, is that Hulk Hogan decided at the last minute that he wanted to change up the match. Uh, he wanted, for whatever reason, to bring in Randy and make it against a million people. Uh, it seems like maybe, you know, the billionaire Ted stuff could be getting to him and he's looking to just kind of squash eight men at once. Uh, but that would be too ridiculous if he did it alone. So he's bringing in one other guy. Uh, so that is the reason why these changes took place, why... Uh, some more guys were added to the match, uh, and the guys that we will see added to the match later in the show, it, it, just to kind of give you some context, uh, although I won't spoil who they are, they are both represented in Hollywood uh, by the same agent that represents Hulk Hogan in his attempt to get into the movies. So that certainly colors uh, why one of the reasons why he wanted to add some more guys to the match. So, uh, without further ado, the rest of the episode. So anyway... Hogan and Macho Man are here. They're going to give a promo. Uh, for the love of God, I promise this will be the last audio clip for a little bit. Let's hear what the Mega Powers have to say uh, about their upcoming match this Sunday at Uncensored. He's a 
back, everyone, to WCW Monday Night Raw Live. And please welcome my guest at this time, the gentleman later on in tonight's main event, the Mega Powers, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Shivani, this place is on fire with Macho Mania and Hulkamania, brother. Check it out, dude. But the thing that is the coup gras is the fact that right now we have the upper hand. After the six-man double strap lumberjack match, brother, last week, now the Texas Tornado match, I predict the same momentum on Doomsday and Uncensored, brother, because I didn't sign it Hulk Hogan, dude. I signed it Mega Powers. And if we go all the way to the top, we go to the top together. And if we bite the dust, we bite the dust together. But that's not going to happen, brother. Macho Man Randy Savage, from now on, call Hulk Hogan the dirtiest player in the game, brother. I like that. Yeah. There's a fine line between hate and love. Yeah. And cold and callous as we are. We kind of remind ourselves as Butch Cassidy and a Sundance kid getting ready for Uncensored. But you know what? I like the word, and I like the phrase uncontrolled chaos, because the tip of the iceberg is going to happen nitroglycerin style in a little while. Yeah. Absolutely, tonight the Texas Tornado match, but what about what Kevin Sullivan said about Uncensored? What we like about the Texas Tornado and Uncensored, brother, is there are no stinking titles on the line. We're going to wreak havoc everywhere we go. And yeah, Tony Schiavone, I heard that demon Kevin Sullivan. I heard what he said, but I don't care what he comes up with out of the dungeon. I don't care what comes out of the pot that he's doing. I don't care if I have to look at the fires down below. The Macho Man, all these Hulkamaniacs, brother, at Doomsday, one cage at a time. Bring all your horses, bring all your men, because the Mega Powers are going to kick your rear end again. Right, Macho? It's not over till it's over for you guys. Guess what? It's over. Starting tonight. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, what it is, is what it is, brother. And what you're gonna do in the Texas tornado and doomsday when Macho and me run wild on you. Ooh, yeah. All right, we await that match a little bit later on. Thank you very much tonight. And we'll have our standby Public Enemy are out for their standby match against the Steiners. Uh, this is the second time we've heard of a standby match on Nitro happening when a planned match didn't go very long or didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, both times coincidentally involving Public Enemy, so I guess they're just in the back hoping to get on each and every week, and <laughs> every once in a while it happens. The old standby tag team. <laughs> 
they come out Public Enemy, and and uh, they just seem so unhip hop. One of them is Johnny Grunge. They're both kind of old. They can never sway their arms in the beat. Yeah, they, they just don't seem nearly as hip hop as their gimmick is supposed to suggest to me. Yeah, I I would agree that that the hip hop part is more for like the appearance than rather like it's not a lifestyle they live or anything like that. <laughs> they uh grab a table on their way to ringside and set it up near the ring. Out then come the Steiners. Bobby claims that the M on their jackets stands for mental institution <laughs> rather than Michigan State. I like that. Yeah, that was hilarious. And and also the fans are like way behind the Steiner brothers too. <laughs> like they're really into them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Bischoff tells us to put our notebooks away, and at first I was laughing at the idea that anyone would be taking notes about this match until uh, I realized that I was taking <laughs> notes on this match. <laughs> Touche, Eric Bischoff. You're like, you're like, no, it's do that, you nerd. <laughs> you dumb nerd. I'm going to type in my notes with a dumb nerd, Eric Bischoff. Wait a minute. <laughs> no further questions. Scott Steiner and Rocco Rock start the match. Rocco yells at the crowd, so I guess they're going to be heels at least for this match anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some back and forth action to start until Scott goes for a tilt-a-whirl slam that Rocco counters into an arm drag. Uh, it was sloppy, but it was wrestling. You know, Bischoff said, put your notebooks away. You're not going to get a ton of moves. That's, you know, <laughs> tilt-a-whirl slam counter into an arm drag. That's wrestling. <laughs> Scott goes for it again and hits the tilt-a-whirl slam this time. He then hits a press slam on Rocco, who rolls out onto the table. Scott thinks about putting him through it, but Rocco gets up, and Scott instead jumps off the ring uh, with a double axe handle to the floor. Back in the ring, Rocco Rock gets whipped into the ropes and grabs onto them to stop his momentum. He points to his brains, so we realize how he was able to outsmart Scott Steiner. <laughs> it was with his brains. <laughs> I did write that, too. <laughs> also, I just want to say as far as uh, Rocco Rock rolling onto the table, then rolling off, uh, it's like the early tease, but it, it's like... I don't know if John, John, when he was here, mentioned on a previous episode as far as uh, Chekhov's gun. Is oh, sure. The, the theory that, like, the table's out there, so it's going to be used. Uh, so I just like the fact that it's teased, and you're like, okay, you know someone's going through this table before the night is out. Oh, absolutely. Bischoff claims that WCW will be unable to even show pictures from Uncensored <laughs> on television, let alone highlights. So you have to order the pay-per-view in order to see any of it. <laughs> and uh, we'll see how true that is next week. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> I wonder if the fans that are ordering have to like sign a contract as well. <laughs> you can't tell your buddy about it tomorrow. <laughs> it's too, too graphic. In come Rick Steiner and Johnny Grunge. Rick ducks a clothesline and hits a power slam. Bischoff references NBA star Dennis Rodman, who has been suspended for six games uh, after headbutting a referee. I, I think it was a referee. They don't seem to be explicit about it. Yeah. No, it, that's what it sounded like to me, too. But I think he was trying to more make it sound like Dennis Rodman doesn't play by the rules. Right, right, right. <laughs> he then strongly hints that Rodman will be at Uncensored. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, he will not be. <laughs> <laughs> they did make an offer to him, uh, perhaps to guest referee, but it just it never happened. Yeah. wasn't even really close to happening, so this is bordering on false advertising. <laughs> Rick is tossed to the outside where Johnny Grunge hits a nice bulldog, uh, nailing Rick's face on a chair. Rocco, uh, Yeah, it's a loose turb of a chair. It's like a plastic elementary <laughs> school chair in which Rick Steiner like, puts his hand up way before he hits it. That's it's, true. It's the, it's the most PG version of what he just described. Rocco gets a scoop slam and hits a moonsault, kind of connecting. Uh, he then gets a DDT and goes back up to the top for a senton or something. 
but Rick kind of catches him with a sort of power slam for two, <laughs> and there's a lot of almost wrestling going on. <laughs> for the record, and I, I think we've seen this before with Public Enemy, they are pretty reckless when it comes to their aerial moves. Yes. They don't really pay attention to, like, hitting the target properly. <laughs> In comes Scott, who hits a T-bone suplex from the top rope, which gets another two. Rocco comes back in with a quick uh, cabrata. I, I had to look it up. It's like where you run towards the ropes and then jump onto the mid-rope and hit like a springboard backflip. Okay. It's called a cabrata, Dave. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> All right. Say thank you. No, I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting. I don't know why I paused like that. Tagged. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Grunge gets tagged in, and Scott fights off a superplex and levels Grunge with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex that looks fantastic. Is it was it that one or the one against Johnny Grunge where it, it looked like the person wasn't cooperating and he just like muscles him over? I didn't get that impression, but I don't remember specifically. Oh, okay. No, I just I mean, I since the uh, Steiner showed up, yeah. I've just been like really excited to have them as a part of it because they're it's just their style of wrestling you don't see a lot on WCW. Right. Uh and just having them Throwing people around with suplexes is pretty awesome. <laughs> Bischoff announces that the Nasty Boys are going to be in action later, and they have still not said uh, who attacked them last week. The Nasty Boys are, um, oh, what's the word? O- o- Omerta? We're like, you don't fucking talk about the mob if you're in the mob. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they got attacked. They know who attacked them, but they're refusing to say because they're, they're, they're not snitches. They're, yeah, I was about to say, they're not snitching. <laughs> uh, so... After Johnny B. Bad left, the landscape was a bit different, and WCW kind of found a little extra money to keep the Nasty Boys happy. So I, I don't know if they ended up making exactly what they were making before, but mm-hmm. these two sides have kissed and made up, and the Nasty Boys are going to be around. Oh, they got Johnny B. Bad money? Uh, it's I mean, I don't know 100%, but that's how Meltzer sort of phrases it, that okay. suddenly with Johnny B. Bad leaving, there was a little bit of extra money, mm-hmm. so cutting some of the guys wasn't as big of a deal. They were able to kind of maneuver the budget. Right, because he was making about like 350 k something like that. Bischoff also says that somebody from the 1992 Olympic Winter Games is coming to WCW. Uh, he doesn't say who they are, but they will be in and out of WCW until 1999, although I don't think they ever actually will appear on Nitro. Do you have any guesses on who that is, Dave? <laughs> a Winter Olympian uh-huh. who will be in and out of WCW until 1999, almost until the bitter end, uh, but never appears on Nitro. But never appears on Nitro? I don't think. Um, Boy, I, got, I have no You're idea. You're telling me that you can't immediately bring to mind famous bobsledder and WCW wrestler Chip Minton? <laughs> I am such an embarrassment. <laughs> I was supposed to do my homework for this. <laughs> Scott hits the hot tag to Rick and everything breaks down into a Pier 6 brawl. Rocco puts Rick onto the table and knocks Scott out onto the floor. He then tries to hit a somersault plancha through the table but it fails as Rick moves and only Rocco eats impact going through the table all by his lonesome. By the way, it should be noted this is not a no disqualification match. The referee is just like <laughs> not caring. Really, Sometimes they look at a table and get disqualified. Sometimes <laughs> they go through a table and it's fine. <laughs> right. That leaves Johnny Grunge alone in the ring to be put away with the Steiner Bulldog for the one, two, three. 
the Steiner brothers are your winners. The Steiners look good in this match, uh, but the announcers did a good job of kind of putting over how Public Enemy looked more technically savvy than one would expect from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was a good match. It, it helped both teams to some degree. Uh, there were some good spots. It wasn't great, but it was it was a decent match. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a very entertaining match. Um, I I find I found the the clash of styles between the two teams to be interesting, and um, you know, like in '96, if you have someone going through a table, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, in WW. So no, I I didn't think it was like a, a great match or anything like that. But for the short time that they wrestled. It was really entertaining just watching the Steiners like throwing these big guys around like it was like, well, it is literally their business. So, <laughs> uh, Scott yells directly into the camera that Hawk and Animal have problems. And Rick tells the camera that the Steiners fear no men and most beasts. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that there are some beasts that the Steiners <laughs> fear. They're not nuts. Yeah, but it's like it's like dragons <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> Chimeras. <laughs> Pegasus. Uh, if you're a fucking Pegasus, will fuck your shit up, man. It's just Sebrus. <laughs> I'm not fucking with him. After a commercial, Art Anderson comes out with woman. Uh, he does not ask her to spin. He has learned his lesson. Yeah, he learned that a couple weeks. He, I think it was, I think literally he did it once and then he learned never to do it again. <laughs> He's going to be facing the booty man who comes out dancing like a dumb fucking idiot. And what I I just want to say, his music fucking sucks. Yes, well, <laughs> everything about him is the worst. Yeah, but except it, for Kimberly Page. Yeah, but I don't. Is no, she's not here yet. No, she's not here yet. Okay. Uh, Booty Man is going to be facing Diamond Dallas Page and Uncensored, and if DDP loses, he has to leave WCW. Uh oh. And it's actually really funny because uh, I was watching Uncensored. And, uh, you know, not to spoil too much about what happens at Uncensored, but I was watching it um, with the volume down, and it says, I quit wrestling match. That's how they phrase it. And I didn't know if that meant I quit wrestling or if that meant it's an I quit wrestling match. (laughs) Either way, it's funny. (laughs) Bischoff announces another important development from Saturday night, and that is that Sting was being interviewed about his lack of a partner in the upcoming street fight against the Road Warriors when he was approached by none other than Booker T of Harlem Heat. Hmm. Booker wants to be Sting's partner. He points out that the Road Warriors cheated Harlem Heat twice out of the belts and that he doesn't trust them to give Harlem Heat a fair shot if they were uh, to win the championships. He knows that Sting is a man of his word, and if Sting and Luger retain the belts, they will give Harlem Heat uh, a tag title shot. Wow. So that is the lo- I actually think that's fairly good logic for a situation that is sort of illogical on paper. No, I was about to say I was a little bit blown away with like really good reasoning. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it it's not perfect, but it does a good job. And and as far as I'm concerned, uh, getting Booker away from Stevie Ray and putting him with a more interesting partner in Sting and a more interesting program right. than the nothing that the Harlem Heat are up <laughs> right. to, uh, I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> so so that sounds great to me. And maybe this is an early indication that uh, WCW realizes that Booker T by himself is a valuable asset and not he doesn't have to be with Stevie Ray and Harlem Heat. Right, absolutely. They lock up and the booty man gets a side headlock locked on. Uh, the announcers talk about the four cages and Bobby says that they'll be stacked up like a 10-story building 
And I doubt there is a 10-story building in all of Tupelo, Mississippi, let alone <laughs> a, a stadium that could fit one inside. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my kid yelling in the background right now. I, I, I can. <laughs> well, I know you can. <laughs> God. <laughs> the booty man dominates Arn with a bunch of dumb bullshit. Arn eventually calls for time and actually gets it for once. Like, he is granted the time that he calls. Mongo uh, again says apropos. I don't even remember the context, but <laughs> dude, you went 20 weeks before saying it the first and second time, and that was fine, but now you've gone three weeks between saying it. <laughs> right. It's no, that's too much. Arn tries to get some offense in, but the booty man is letting him get nothing. Uh, Anderson finally rolls to the outside, points at his brain because he's so smart. He uses brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he knew how to roll. <laughs> and when the booty man follows, he finally gets a few licks. Back in the ring, Arn takes over with a bunch of blows at the back and uh, running Booty's face into the ropes. Arn gets a scoop slam and goes to the second rope for a double axe handle, but Booty Man punches him in the stomach. Booty gets a bunch of weird mistimed, like, uh, he hits a power slam and a back body drop, but it's all the timing is, I don't, I'm not a good enough uh, describer of, like, the actual sport of, of wrestling, like, in-ring wrestling, but mm -hmm. just the timing is, is off in so many ugly ways. Yeah. Mongo says Arn is discombobbled, so no one knows what the fuck they're saying or doing anymore. The booty babe comes out, and woman goes to confront her. Booty man gets in the middle of the two women, and Arn dives down with a double axe handle. He rolls booty back in the ring, but as he climbs back in the ring himself, the booty man hits the high knee for the win. Mm -hmm. Boo earns. Yeah. This match sucked. Mm -hmm. uh, booty man sucks. He brought Arn down to his level instead of Arn bringing him up to his uh, it was just garbage. Yeah, we're we're a long way away from uh, beating Hulk Hogan for the for our yeah, <laughs> yeah, in just a few short weeks. Yeah, he went from beating Hogan twice in a row, and with whether it's true or not, them saying that that had never happened before, to now he's jobbing in like a minute and a half to the Booty Man. Yeah. in an ugly fucking match. Um, I just want to make one mention in this match. It's uh, a comment that it sounds really gross. Um, Bobby Heenan mentions Booty Man's tights, where he has like the fishnets on his ass. Yeah, and he he wonders if like they were hanging up in the closet, and some moths ate away at his booty. Yeah, <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, boy. After a commercial, the Road Warriors come out. Uh, Bischoff again mentions Dennis Rodman, and he is uh, the weird thing is uh, he when he talks about the headbutt, he is claiming that WCW, the wrestling organization is the one breaking the national sports news that Dennis Rodman is being suspended for six games. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, but if it is, that's bizarre. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> I would just love to watch ESPN and just have them say, like, World Championship Wrestling broke the story that <laughs> Dennis Rodman is being suspended for six games. Right. I don't know if, like, maybe CNN got the tip and they didn't, want to run with it for some reason and they just gave it to someone at TNT who gave it to Bischoff? I, I don't know. My feeling is that Bischoff heard it while they were on the air and since he's announcing on the air he assumes he's releasing that as yeah, soon as possible. Yeah, that could be. And probably just doesn't put much thought into you know, even in 96 news spread on the internet pretty quickly. Right. The Nasty Boys come out and uh, here with all of the in-ring action is our own Dave Amantorp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Nasty Boys, when they're introduced, uh, they're both 
all taped up from their <laughs> from their attack. From their attack. It's hilarious because Brian Nobbs is actually taped up over his shirt, <laughs> which is right. not how doctors do that. <laughs> That's not what a doctor would do to help. <laughs> um so right away they I mean they come in and attack the Road Warriors before the bell rings. Um, Seggs and Hawksville to the outside. Did you did you notice at that point that Nick Patrick had so much fucking trouble getting one of the Road Warriors spikes out of the ring? <laughs> like he no. keeps trying to like kick it, but it hits the ropes, and then he's trying to like pick it up, <laughs> and he can't. It takes him forever to get the spikes out. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, I and I kind of feel like the way that they're angry at the Road Warriors might suggest as far as who attacked them. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Dobbs pulls down the rope as Animal charges, and they brawl on the outside of the ring as well. We go to commercial with all men, four men brawling on the arena floor because, of course, if there's a lot of action and brawling, <laughs> what we need to do is we need to get away from it as soon as possible. Uh, as we return from commercial, a hawk uh, clothesline sags, but the nasty boys end up double teaming him to a chorus of boos from the crowd. I wish it was a chorus of brews. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I double team a, a bunch of like cups go fly in the ring. It's interesting how many tag teams there are in WCW right now that are like tweeners. You've got the Nasty Boys, mm-hmm. the Steiners, the Road Warriors, and Public Enemy, uh, and to an extent Sting and Luger. Yeah, uh, because one of them is is an outright heel and one of them is a babyface, so the net result <laughs> is a tweener tag team. Yeah, it's it's like with their with their tag team wrestling. It, at any given week, they're like, okay, what do we need them to do? Right. Even Harlem Heat, who are outright heels, mm-hmm. do not, we've not really seen them, like, cheat. Yeah. And they keep getting fucked over. Right. Like, they're the heels, and they're the most baby-faced team there is. <laughs> right. But they're black. <laughs> but you know why they're heels. Um. So, after the double team, Knobs uh, goes to the top rope. Um, but gets crotched on there by Animal before being sent to the arena floor by Hawk. On the outside, Animal removes athletic taping from Knobs and chokes him until Sags hits unprotected chair shot to the face with the flimsy-looking plastic chair in full view of referee Nick Patrick. <laughs> Animal returns a favor moments later as Bischoff comments that he can see why Lex Luger is hesitant to compete in a Chicago street fight with the Legion of Doom. Or Road Warriors, or whatever they're calling them. Uh, we finally get some semblance of order as Animal and Knobs are the two legal men in the ring. Animal tackles Knobs to the mat and makes a quick tag to Hawk. Hawk hits two splashes before a couple of low blow low blows. He hits a couple of low blows. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, uh, John Amantorp, our our Mongo McMichael, uh, was unable to be here. He was going to be doing the play by play for this match, but. Uh, he instead sent us his notes, and we were trying to make <laughs> heads or tails of them. <laughs> I mean, some of these things, they look like they're like just notes to himself, so they're kind of like fractions of sentences. I would like to point out at this point that uh, I paid for Kevin Sullivan's podcast, and he sometimes answers phone calls in the middle of them. So, <laughs> you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this is free entertainment, and we're trying our best. So, um, Hawk hits two splashes before a couple of low blows and makes a tag to Animal. Animal hits a series of axe handles to Knobs, followed by a power slam. Knobs manages to get his knees up as Animal attempts a splash, and Sags gets, in quotes, a hot tag, which suggests it might not be that hot of a tag at all. Mm, lukewarm tag. Lukewarm. 
Sags, uh, cheap shot talk, knocking him off the apron, and Hawk retaliates again in full view of referee Nick Patrick. The match deteriorates to a brawl again, and the Steiner brothers interfere. Animal takes advantage of the distraction and KOs Knob, Knobs with a part of his entrance gear, which we have seen before, is, I don't know what it's made of, but apparently knocks people out all, all the time. But he KOs him with that before gaining the pinfall victory. Woo! Bobby, around that point at the end of the match, claims that there were no legal tags in the entire match. I, I could believe that. <laughs> Which, if that's true, why would you point it out to us, Bobby? <laughs> maybe he, maybe he's tired of it. It's like, can we have the referee actually do his job now and then? <laughs> I mean, I would have imagined eventually if you're commentating and you just keep noticing referees don't do their job, you have to point it out at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I guess it, it mirrors real sports where if a, a referee or an umpire makes a mistake, it's not like the announcers ignore it so that the game has more credibility. Right. Yeah. We then get a commercial, and afterward, Flair and the Taskmaster are out with Woman. Uh, Liz is home this week with laryngitis. Oh, is that what is that what they said? No, I just I read that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, uh, these multi-man, no-tag-necessary matches are to groom and hype us for Uncensored, mm-hmm. but they literally could do, they could not do a worse job of convincing me that I should buy that pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, the match last week, the, the strap-lumberjack match, was garbage. Oh, God, that was so bad. This time, we're getting this tornado match, which is... I, and it also seems like it's lowering the stakes from a week ago. Mm-hmm. Last week, we had straps and lumberjacks and lumberjacks with straps. Yeah. This week... And, and and that was also a tag tornado match. Mm-hmm. This week we're getting less guys, no straps, and no lumberjacks. Yeah. I don't know why that's supposed to, like, raise the stakes. Uh, I, it occurs to me that perhaps no one realized they should raise the stakes <laughs> and that that's how basic storytelling works. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Mega Powers come out and all four men brawl, with Hogan and Flair pairing up and Sullivan and Macho in uh, the opposite corner. The faces dominate early, and this is obviously going to be like last week where there's so much simultaneous action, right. and none of it is good. Yes. <laughs> Hogan puts on a, f- a foam cowboy hat on Flair, like from oh, the crowd, a I, huge novelty. That part was funny. Um, uh, I, I just remember that when he has a hat on, that he, he sells getting punched when he's not getting punched because he can't see him. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, though. <laughs> uh, Flair gets back into it and leads Hogan back into the ring. We then cut to Sullivan whipping Macho Man into the ring post and Flair throwing Hogan into the guardrail. They continue to hype the Doomsday Cage match, but nobody on either Nitro nor Saturday Night has attempted to explain the rules of a Doomsday Cage match, <laughs> other than by saying it's a progressive match where Hogan and uh, and now Macho Man, of course, will have to work their way through the various cages. Uh-huh. Do they have to get pinfalls to move to the next cage? A submission? Is knock that- the guy out? It is never said. Honestly, uh, when because... Before we started doing this podcast, this actual pay-per-view I'd never seen before. Yeah. And leading up to it, my guess was that after a time frame, he could move on whether he pinned him or not. That yeah. Was, that it, was my guess. It's it's baffling how little they... I don't know if maybe they're still figuring it out themselves. That would be a very good guess on your behalf. And, uh, and I'll say now, um, and I'll try to remember to say this on social media, that before next week... Uh, I would recommend that you either watch Uncensored on the network if you've got three hours and don't and hate your life. Right. Um, or you can also listen. I'm I'm like v- fairly sure that the 
New Generation Project podcast did an uncensored episode, I think. Um, and I think maybe even OSW Review did a video uh, review of it. Mm-hmm. I, but I'm not, I'm less sure on that. But um, you can definitely find reviews. Uh, we, we uh, you know, I've always kind of said we feel like the pay-per-view market is covered as, in terms of podcasts. Yeah. So we like sticking with Nitro. We'll probably do a pay-per-view here and there when something exceptionally important happens, like your Bash at the Beach 96 or, or what have you. But mm-hmm. for right now, we're just sticking with Nitro. Yeah. Flair gets tossed off the top rope by Hogan, who uh, more or less has the support of the crowd this week. They're, they're more babyface than, than heel. Mm-hmm. Savage holds Sullivan for Hogan to punch him. Double screen catches Hogan choking Sullivan with a camera cable while Flair holds Macho for Woman to rake his eyes. Flair wanders over to see what Hogan and Sullivan are up to and gives them both a double noggin knocker uh, where he just takes their heads and... Meet of the minds. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Bischoff again implies Rodman might be an uncensored. <laughs> and Brain says that Hogan is the only one uh, left standing as the camera shows Flair and Hogan punching each other standing on both feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, with Hogan down... Flair holds Savage for a Kevin Sullivan second rope chest punch. <laughs> he comes off the second rope to just hit like a soft punch in the chest. That's uh, That sounds like pretty much Kevin Sullivan <laughs> in a nutshell there. Flair gets a figure four on Randy. Hogan is back up and he very awkwardly puts a figure four on Kevin Sullivan in a hilarious combo of Hulk Hogan being bad at wrestling yeah and kevin sullivan having tiny little baby legs <laughs> i shouldn't even say tiny short baby legs but like thick and like he is meaty but yeah. short little legs right it like a baby it's <laughs> i cannot get over uh to you the audience how much kevin sullivan reminds me of a balding giant baby <laughs> savage reverses the figure four and flair escapes Hogan and Sullivan continue their figure four, uh, but Flair gets mad at Randy Anderson. I, I don't know why. They don't really show. He just kind of uh, is pissed, and he drags Anderson up from the mat by his hair, and an angry Randy Anderson then shoves Flair to the mat from a big crop from the crowd. Thou shalt not touch thy referee unless you're in the mood to write a check, claims Eric Bischoff. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> It starts off, thou shalt not, and then ends with, unless you want to write a check. <laughs> like, he ditches the biblical speak so quickly. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, unless thou wants to pay the yeah. fine. <laughs> unless thou is horny. <laughs> Sullivan crotches Randy on the guardrail as Hogan no-sells Flair's offense in the ring, flexing behind an oblivious Flair. Flair notices and starts begging for mercy, but receives none from the Hulkster. He instead gets punched a few times before landing a chop, which Hogan no-sells, before whipping Flair into the turnbuckle where Flair goes up and over. Hulk then chases him out uh, to the outside of the ring where Flair low-blows him. Meanwhile, the Taskmaster gets a big boot on Macho, but soon the faces dominate with a bunch of boring punch-kick-type offense <laughs> until Flair nails Hogan with woman's shoe, because we haven't had enough fucking shoe finishes right. lately. Hogan kicks out at two and starts hulking up. He begins to dominate Flair as Arn Anderson walks his way down to ringside. Hogan hits the boot and goes for a leg drop, but Arn trips him. Hogan rolls out of the ring looking for Arn, but Arn is already on the side of the ring where he and a guy in tie-dye pants and a 1-900-288-7458 or 1-900-Pillman <laughs> t-shirt are beating up Randy. Nice. It's Brian Pillman! Hey! There he is! Pillman grabs a chair from the crowd to attack Savage. 
Sullivan, who by rights is still feuding with Pillman for any of this to make sense, right. <laughs> grabs his own chair and hits Pillman, but Pillman isn't expecting anyone to be attacking him since the <laughs> heels are in control, so he just ignores it. It's not like he no-sells it, he just doesn't even know he's getting hit with a chair, <laughs> so he doesn't react at all and instead whacks Randy with his chair. The bell starts ringing, and this one is going to be a DQ victory for the Mega Powers, despite the match being a no-disqualification match <laughs> to that point. Most of the guys get in the ring for a big brawl where they are quickly joined by the booty man. Uh, Pillman instead bails. So what is the deal with Brian Pillman? Well, you may remember a few episodes ago on our podcast uh, following Super Brawl and the whole uh, I Respect You Booker Man incident. We played a clip from Paul Heyman interview conducted by Joey Styles in the WWE Network ECW Exposed show. Paul explained how Pillman had secured a conditional release from WCW to go work for ECW for a while and build his character before returning to WCW. But when I played that clip in that episode, I actually cut off the second half of the clip, and let's listen to that full clip now. This is what I've never known. Brian Pillman was under contract to WCW while working for ECW. Right. How in the hell did you pull that off? Well, it kind of goes back to Steve Austin. See, when Steve Austin came to ECW, he had been fired by WCW. And Steve Austin took all those shots at WCW because that was the way that I could motivate Steve to let his own anger, his own personality, his his larger-than-life persona that was inside of him come out. WCW took offense to everything that Steve Austin said. They, they actually sent us legal letters. We had legal letters out the yin-yang from WCW about the parody that, that Steve Austin was doing on, on ECW television. And I really didn't care what their legal threats were because there was first of all there was nothing to sue us for and secondly they didn't have a leg to stand on okay. but what happened was that there were people within WCW that saw the what was the equivalent of today being a viral outbreak online you know in, 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 in the internet community but back in, in 1995 when Steve Austin did, it was, it was the talk of the wrestling industry. It was, everybody was trading the tapes, everybody was talking about Steve Austin, and it became a big thing. So now Brian Pillman has this on-air rivalry with Kevin Sullivan. And the booker, right. the pencil. And, and, and Kevin Sullivan and I had always communicated during his run in, in WCW behind the scenes. So Kevin Sullivan called me, and he said, Brian Pillman's going to call you. And it's legal for you to take his phone call. We're telling you up front you can take his phone call if you want to listen to him. Okay, fine. I, I wouldn't have a problem. I had been talking to Brian anyway. So Brian Shocking. calls me, and Brian says, hey, I have this idea. Let me run it by you. And, and, and it would end up with Brian Pillman in ECW. And he says, I'll, I'll give you one match, and it's for free. And I wanted to do Brian Pillman versus Shane Douglas because we were rehabbing Shane Douglas from his disastrous run in WWE as Dean Douglas. And he really was, at the time, rebuilding his career to becoming our franchise player again. Uh, Eric Bischoff had to sign off on it as well. And he, the way for Eric Bischoff to sign off on it was that the the hell are you people doing? This is live television over here. My God. I told you we shouldn't have used all the cut rate. Hey, you think I'm not going to call you out on it? Anyway, so television. Brian Pillman uh, got Eric Bischoff to sign a, a release. Yeah. But, of course, Eric Bischoff was leery that Brian Pillman was going to use this to jump to WWE. So he gave Brian Pillman a release from WCW to wrestle in ECW if he chose and... The fact is, 
Brian Pillman would still be paid by WCW as long as he didn't go to WWE, which he was barred from doing by the terms of the release that Eric Bischoff gave him. So, Brian Pillman walks out on WCW. He gets the release in hand, right. still being paid, which prevents him really from going anywhere that they don't approve of. So it becomes almost a third-party booking. Okay. WCW pays for all of Pillman's expenses to come to ECW. Okay. He's on their payroll. We pay him nothing. He shows up. We get to exploit his star power. He gets to exploit the fact that it looks totally legitimate that he's been fired by WCW. Okay. He comes to ECW, and of course, at this point, he becomes so hot that they want him to come back. He doesn't want to come back. So they bring him back for that triple thing of doom and... Cages on top of cages. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole thing, which is a disaster to begin with. And they bring him back for that match, and he causes such havoc backstage, and he's such a pain in the ass to deal with backstage, that now he's negotiating for his real release, and he keeps on pitching to them, if you give me a real release, I can go public with it, I can hold press conferences in Cincinnati, and he still has this match coming up that he wants to do with Shane Douglas. In ECW. Right. Okay. He manipulates WCW to give him a legitimate release. By being a pain in the ass. Right. And, and by telling them how legitimate it's going to make everything look. And by manipulating WCW into giving him a legitimate release, he then gets to sign with WWE. Once he signs with WWE, he tells them he has a prior commitment to wrestle Shane Douglas and ECW. So even after he signed with WWE, he still was coming back to ECW, but then he had the car wreck. So what is alluded to there um, by Paul Heyman in, when he mentions that... Um, Hillman is manipulating WCW. The way that sort of works is well. Well, let's before we do that, let's talk about why Pillman was brought back when he was. Hogan has realized that Pillman right now is the hottest thing in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Hogan's natural inclination, because he is Hulk Hogan, is to get the hottest thing in wrestling and involve himself in a program with him yep. by bringing just sucking Pillman into what he's doing, and then you know what he wants to do. He wants to pin Brian Pillman at Uncensored <laughs> in the Doomsday Cage match. That's how he sees this working out. So uh, they talk Brian Pillman into coming back. They talk him into coming back and being in the Doomsday Cage match. And, of course, none of that makes any sense because his feud, to make any of this stuff look real in WCW, his entire feud was with Kevin Sullivan, the booker. Right. How can he now be on Kevin Sullivan's team against the least real thing there is in wrestling, which is Hulk Hogan? Yeah. It makes no sense. It, all it would do is it would destroy whatever it is that he's been building. Pillman is not stupid, obviously. Pillman knows that further involvement in this angle is going to be the death of everything that he is currently trying to accomplish in wrestling, like as a whole. Yeah. As an art form, uh -huh. you know. Uh, between today and the pay-per-view six days from now, he decides that he's going to bail on the entire thing claiming that he has some leftover side effects from surgery that he had just had recently, uh, which was the removal of polyps in his throat. And if you've seen the Brian Pillman uh, DVD, that was a lifelong condition that he had, which is why his voice was so raspy. Mm -hmm. He had these polyps that would grow in his throat, and every few years, I don't know how frequently, but every few years or so, he would have to go in and get surgery to have these polyps removed. He actually spent several years, maybe not years, but uh, they tell a story his sister does in the DVD, he spent months of his life uh, where he was not allowed to talk as, like, a six-year-old kid. Like, my kid can't go – I mean, he's only – he's four, but he can't go three minutes without talking, right. let alone three months. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so he was going in for these, you know, that surgery. He's already had it by this point before he appears on Nitro. So it's clearly it's not he's not laid up, but he claims to WCW that the after effects of that surgery are going to prevent him from being able to participate in Uncensored. Okay. WCW gets pissed about that. Even guys that are backing him up like Bischoff. And he manages at that point to convince them to give him a full release <laughs> uh, with, you know, like he says, with the idea still being, according to him, what he's telling Bischoff, that he is going to come back to WCW in about six months, a year, whatever. Okay. Whew. Now, <laughs> remember when I mentioned earlier that Gene Okerlund was home with the flu, but that might not actually be true? Yeah. Well... Gene Okerlund had been claiming on the WCW hotline that Pillman never had surgery and that he was making the entire thing up as just a way of being difficult. Okay. Uh, Brian Pillman had his lawyer provide his discharge paper from from the hospital that proved that, in fact, he definitely had surgery, Mm -hmm. that it was a lifelong condition that he frequently had surgery for. And Gene Okerlund was supposed to appear on Nitro and make a correction to what he'd been claiming. (laughs) On the hotline. Go on. But instead, Orkeland happened to come down with the flu, and he's not here for that scheduled apology. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Isn't that something? (laughs) God. So, uh, by the way, he tells them, so right now it's Monday. Mm -hmm. He tells them in a few days, about Wednesday, he tells them that he's not going to be a part of the match. On Saturday night, they continue to advertise him as part of the match. They say explicitly that he is going to be part of the Alliance to End Hulkamania. Right. And then in the WCW main event show, which is kind of their Sunday night heat before pay-per-views, mm-hmm. where they, they it's live and they show like the dark matches and stuff, they do nothing to correct this. Uh, I don't know if they actively state on there, because you know I'm just reading reports. Um, so I don't know if they continue to say on main event that he's in, but they certainly don't tell you that he's not. Okay. Despite the fact that they he's not in the fucking arena. They know that much, you know? Woo! So, what a tale we weave. Uh, So, this legitimately now is the last time that we will see Brian Pillman on WCW Monday Nitro. So, happy trails to Brian Pillman. Uh, We will still, I'm sure, probably talk about some of the developments in his life and career as we continue to go through. But as far as his involvement with WCW, it is finito. During the fracas, uh, Pillman mostly avoids Hogan. Apparently, the original plan... Uh, of this fight was for Hogan to get Pillman isolated and then for the Alliance to end Hulkamania to reveal their big secret weapons, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh Uh, So they were supposed to come and save Pillman, but Pillman doesn't want to look weak in front of Hulk fucking Hogan, especially because he probably knows by this point that he's not going to be in this goddamn cage match (laughs) eating a pin from Hulk Hogan. So he just avoids Hogan and never lets himself get in a position where he could possibly look weak to Hogan. Mm -hmm. So instead, the baby faces are kind of just alone in the ring when all of a sudden, the following happens. I'll tell you what. What is the Oh, my gosh. What? Who is that? Look at that man. They get bigger and uglier as they come. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, look at these two behemoths. Is this the backup he was talking about? It has to be. It has to be. Look at the size of these two monsters. 
Just think about that cage. Think if they're going to get in that cage. They locked the door. Four cages. Look at Four this. stories in the air. Look at this. Psycho. <laughs> Look at the size of this guy. Kevin Sullivan, you've outdone yourself. You've gone to ghouls or us. That's I don't right. Know where you've gotten this crew from? That's, pal. that's right, Mega Powers. Just wait for uncensored, baby. Just wait. Hogan. What is that? Savage. What is that? The Booty Man. Do something about it. Come on. Come on, Hogan. Hogan is leading with, with Savage. The cowards have turned tail. What if they get those two for hides? It's got nothing to do with it, Heenan. They've got a match scheduled, and they're going to do that. They don't need this right now. Oh, shut up, Michael. I see fear in their eyes. I see fear in their speech. I see fear in their bodies. And Look I don't blame them. Look at that man. Look at him, uncensored. One word comes to mind. Uncensored. Tony Schiavone. Good luck. Take, Take it. One. Eric. Bobby Mongo, we've seen a lot of things here on Nitro, but continuing to come up with the shockers. Look at the size of these two men. And I guess you were right when you said last Saturday, we're gonna play the very last Trump card in Uncensored. We're playing the last Trump. You see, Hogan, when you decided to bring your best friend into death row, we just upped the ante. I was after thieves, beggars, cutthroats, low lives and people that would end this thing that is known as Hulkamania. You witnessed the very first of it tonight. You know, Savage, earlier tonight, baby, you said you and Hulk Hogan were like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I said, no, baby, you're more like dumber and dumber, and you're going to find it all out and uncensored. Hogan! Wherever you are, wherever you might be, remember the next time you see this, it'll be in the pockets of this. Do something about it. Come on, Hulk. Look at it. No! No rules. Anything goes. Watch Hogan. This is how it goes. Big Brother Booty, some might perceive that you finessed your way into taking my unbeaten record on Monday night and putting a blemish on it. But Hogan, when you decided to snake Savage in the back door, we just did one-upsmanship. As you look around you, just when you thought they couldn't get any bigger or any better or more vicious, you take all your finesse and you mix it in with unadulterated, unadulterated violence. And an uncensored, we're gonna make you slow bleed. Hogan, as the spider said to the fly, welcome to the cage. Everybody in the world knows this man and what he did to you in the late 80s. Hogan, my whole mission in life was to find this the problem I had with the horseman is over. The only problem you have now is finding a hospital bed for you and Savage. And by the way, 
the Wolverine is back. Macho Man. Macho Man. In closing, when we put you and Hogan in the hospital, I'll bring Elizabeth to see you. After she rides baseball all night long. Gentlemen, only thing I can say, this is the alliance to end Hulkamania, and all these gentlemen, plus maybe many more, will be in the cage this Sunday. Eric, back to you. So there you have it. We now know who will be joining the already mentioned members of the Dungeon of Doom in the big uh, Doomsday Cage match. It is Z Gangsta. Yep. I don't know that their names are said on the show, uh, but but their names, we will find out, are Z Gangsta and uh, the Ultimate Solution who it should be noted at this point, though again, he was not named explicitly on Nitro, but I believe that they named him like elsewhere and were, you know, going with this name. His original name was the Final Solution. Ah. But guess who had a problem with that? Everyone. Everybody. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Z Gangsta is Tiny Lister, Hollywood actor who opposed Hogan in the film No Holds Barred and then in a couple of terrible WWF matches under the name Zeus which very confusingly blurred the line between film and kayfabe as Hogan was not actually playing himself in the movie. <laughs> so Hogan in the movie is like, I think his name's Rip. And then he's fighting a guy named Zeus. And then in real life, Hogan is Hogan. <laughs> and Zeus is still Zeus. It it boggles the fucking mind. <laughs> that always bothered me. Even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, Ultimate Solution, a.k.a. Final Solution, (laughs) is Robert Jeep Swenson. Jeep is like just a nickname. That's what they like calling him. He's a bodybuilder and actor who did, in fact, wrestle a bit in WCCW, where he feuded with Bruiser Brody in his brief stint there. He also happens to be a man whose Wikipedia profile picture disturbingly looks like it was taken after a three-way with his wife and daughter. Oh, Seriously, look up his Wikipedia article <laughs> and tell me that the picture of him with his wife and daughter doesn't look like they all didn't just finish boning. <laughs> I feel bad because he's dead now. But <laughs> Coincidentally, uh, both of these men have appeared in the same film franchise, uh, albeit in different pictures. Mm-hmm. Dave, you're a big fan. Yep. I assume you can name what film franchise <laughs> that is? It's a Batman franchise. Yeah, uh, Tiny Lister, of course, was the... Well, I say of course. It's kind of an understated <laughs> appearance, really. Right. He's in... Um, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, or The Dark Knight, what do we call that one? The, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, he's the, the Joker sets up those two boats, one with prisoners and one with, uh, like, nor- normal folks. Civilians. Civilians. Uh, and they've got bombs, and the, I don't remember the whole thing, but uh, some, like, you know, normal person's going to blow up the other boat and kill all these people, but the prisoner stops him because, oh, the prisoner's the guy with the heart of gold, and you thought he was the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he's that giant prisoner. Yep. And uh, Jeep Swenson portrayed Bane in the terrible, terrible, terrible movie Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. uh, the <laughs> doomsday cage match of Batman movies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brought it all around. <laughs> they have such fucking terrible makeup, both of them. Yes. Z Gangsta has hilariously painted on arched eyebrows <laughs> that yeah, make that him looks... look continuously surprised by everything <laughs> he sees. <laughs> Uh, were you going to say something about that? <laughs> I have, there's nothing to say about it. <laughs> he also has the word gangsta written on the side of his bald head. <laughs> Swenson has the most half-assed makeup I've ever seen, 
with gray and black kind of smeared around his eyes in a vaguely camouflage-like pattern. And for some reason, a thick black outline just drawn lazily around his uh, red Fu Manchu. <laughs> it's so weird. He's <laughs> like, oh, wrestling, you do makeup in that, right? Uh, here you go, around the old mustache. You know, I'll smear some of this silver shit on my eye. All right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Show- <laughs> Point the way, boss. <laughs> the faces back off in fright. Flair grabs a mic and starts taunting them. Hogan looks like he might cry. He is so afraid of these guys. I we, I didn't really say it, um, but Swenson is huge. Yes. He is gigantic. He the It makes it look ridiculous that Hogan has said for years that he had the largest arms in the world because Swenson's arms are an easy six inches bigger around than Hogan's. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Sullivan starts talking, then Hart talks, then Flair talks. It seemingly is a contest for who can say the stupidest goddamn thing <laughs> on a microphone. And everyone's winning. Flair says the next time that Hogan sees this, referring to the Hulkster's torn t-shirt, it will be in Jeep Swenson's pocket. Yeah. I don't know why that's supposed to be threatening. Right. <laughs> Arn says, we just did one-upsmanship. <laughs> Arn does not want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Sullivan says, as the spider said to the fly, welcome to the cage. (laughs) 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 That famous quote where the spider told the fly, welcome to the cage. That was from Charlotte's Web, right? (laughs) (laughs) Arn says, uh, Arn also, like, leans over someone else to yell into the mic that the Wolverine is back. Is that Benoit's nickname, or is he just shouting gibberish? <laughs> I, I would assume that was Benoit. Because they've never called him that in WCW, at yeah. least not on Nitro. Maybe they have on Saturday night. No idea. Uh, so it's just bizarre. He And, and Benoit will not appear at the pay-per-view. <laughs> so even if he means Benoit, that doesn't make sense. He just yells, <laughs> the Wolverine is back. And it's no matter what way you slice it, it makes zero sense. Right. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that is our show. Wow. Wow, what a show. Uh, as the show goes off the air, Brain is positively ebullient over finally being rid of Hulk Hogan because he sees no way that Hulkster will be able to survive this Sunday at Uncensored. Yeah. Dave, what did you make of this episode of Nitro? Or really, this like 48 hours for WSW is like. Just a mind fuck to the yeah. fans. Like, uh, no idea. I mean, I, I, I don't know. As a fan, I don't know if I understand anything of what's going on with this cage match. Um, they don't know what to call it. They can't describe it. Uh, they have a hard time figuring out who's in it. It's just. It's one of those things, like, if you're, like, really into, like, you are you watch all the pay-per-views anyway, it's yeah. like, you're just like, I just have to watch on Sunday to see what this ends up being because they have done a really awful job hyping you up for something when it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And Nitro has been off the rails lately, and, like, though sometimes it makes an individual moment a slog to get through, like the Lumberjack Strap match. Yeah. Sometimes just the bonkers insanity of it is, like, a pure exhilarating joy. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I recently, uh, not to timestamp this too much, but 
Uh, I watched the first Raw that I've watched in quite a long time this mm-hmm. week uh, because it was the week that Daniel Bryan retired. And, of course, they saved that for the main event segment. Yep. So I watched the entire three-hour Raw, and I have probably not done that in maybe a year or so. And holy shit, that show is just interminable. It takes forever. Yeah. Now, I realize that Nitro is a third of the time mm-hmm. at this point, but even that one hour just flew by. You yeah. know, like even the stuff where I'm like, that's objectively not very good. It just flies by. It's just so quick and the pacing is so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, in a weird way, even though I wouldn't say that anything that happened on this episode was great, I had a blast watching it. And the ending insanity was like cuckoo bananas fun time, you know. Right. <laughs> what was your uh, segment of the night for this particular episode? Um. My segment, well, let me take a look. I need to kind of go back here. I I would probably say that um, I'll give it to a match, and I'll go with the Steiner Brothers and Public Enemy. Uh, I thought it was, like like we mentioned before, it's really, it was really entertaining, um, even though it wasn't uh, a perfectly executed match. It was just a really good uh, clash of styles. Yeah which I thought worked well, and I, I felt like the public enemy was really um, willing to just take, like, anything that the Steiners like, because the Steiners are, generally, they seem to, like, they're pretty stiff workers, yeah. and public enemy is just, like, the team that's kind of willing to k- take the beating. Um, so I really like that, and like I said before, I, I've just been, like, overly thrilled with having the Steiner brothers back because they just introduced such an interesting and uh, entertaining element to the tag team division. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll give it Public Enemy and Steiner Brothers. I'm going to go ahead and give my segment of the night to Lex Luger retaining the United States title by Countout. <laughs> uh, the the brawling between Loch Ness and the Giant was terrible, mm-hmm. um, but Luger coming out and acting like he didn't even notice them and doing his pose down with his pyro yeah. and getting the ring and getting the count... And then celebrating like he had just, you know, beaten Ric Flair at Starcade yes. for the heavyweight championship yeah. was amazing. Uh, and that is why Lex Luger is also my MVP of this week beyond the shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Who was your MVP, Dave? That I mean, that's why I didn't give it to that match because it wasn't really a match. And I knew that I was going to give the MVP to Luger because uh, not only the, the celebrating there, but just when he went up to the announcer's booth. And you you can kind of tell that it's that stuff's improvised. His improv improvisational skills are getting a lot better too because he has a better understanding of what his character is. Yeah. And just the part like I was saying earlier about like how thrilled would Mongo be if he could win a football match at the coin toss? Yeah. Because he was going for the high five. Like, right? That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it just yeah. like just it's because he. <laughs> An element of him is just like it's nerdy too. Yeah. Because he's like, I won. Like, I won the match. It doesn't matter how. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I just won on Nitro. So, yeah, he definitely, yeah, he was my MVP this week. Um, and I'm trying, like I said before, I'm trying to enjoy this character as long as I can because yeah. I, I don't know how long it lasts because I do know there's a lot of Lex Luger that's not entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So I try to enjoy the moments while, they, <laughs> while they're here. All right. Well, uh, one interesting thing to note before we close the book on that Nitro is that Jeep Swenson, uh, a.k.a. Ultimate Solution, apparently blew up so bad just walking into the ring 
that he spent the night in the hospital with a very high fever and was questionable for Uncensored. Uh, spoiler alert, he will make an appearance there. He, he does participate. What? Uh, yeah, he... Uh, it's it's sadly no surprise that uh, Jeep Swenson would be dead a mere 18 months later from heart failure. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was walking around with way more mass than that body was intended to handle, unfortunately. I mean, if when you look at him, you can tell like, oh, yeah. that it's, it's not... It doesn't look healthy. In our Raw recap, Jake the Snake Roberts defeated the British Bulldog by countout, Goldust defeated Fatu, Diesel defeated Barry Horowitz, and then opened a casket brought down by Paul Bearer, only to find a wax figure of himself inside. Ooh. <laughs> Bret Hart defeated Tatanka, and Billionaire Ted testified to the FTC. And the less said about it, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's... That Billionaire Ted, at you can go back and listen to our episodes. I was saying it was funny at the beginning. That is really overstated. It's welcome. Oh, yeah, definitely. In our ratings war, Nitro had a 3.6 to Raw's 2.9. Wow. A massive victory, and in fact, the biggest head-to-head win for Nitro, and I believe the biggest win overall, and that is only two weeks before WrestleMania, so that is huge. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on with WWF at that time, but I can imagine leading up to WrestleMania, not can't even beat the competition leading up to the biggest show. There's probably a level of panic going on. So the last thing, uh, because most of our wrestling news I actually kind of interspersed throughout the episode this week with Brian Pillman and and uh, Hulk Hogan's changes for Uncensored. Yep. So the last bit of wrestling news I want to come is actually more of additional information on something we've already talked about, and that is the Le- uh, Johnny B. Bad departing WCW for WWF. Uh-huh. Uh, I happened to, shortly after we recorded our last episode, I decided to, uh, for an additional source of information... And research, I signed up for the PW Torch in addition okay. to the Wrestling Observer. So this is Wade Keller, uh, Minnesota, B- Bloomington boy. Nice. Uh, this is his his longstanding newsletter. And he actually had um, not just like dirt sheet news, he had an interview with Johnny B. Bad that was made right after Johnny B. Bad left. Oh, really? Uh, so, so we can get it right from the horse's mouth here. I'll kind of skip a lot of it, um, but to start with, he, he actually says that, yeah, he did have a problem with the whole Kimberly Page thing. And he was told originally that she was going to be leaving him right away and going back to Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. Um, but then week after week after week would happen, and that and they never even hinted at it. So he was starting to get frustrated. And then, uh, so it seemed like what happened, you remember we talked a, a week or two ago about why was she appearing as the, you know, interested in the booty babe if the whole thing was that she was originally going to betray uh, him and join Dallas Page this weekend? Right. I don't think she actually was. I think that the this weekend had changed. Johnny Bad was always going to win, and she was just going to leave him for the booty man regardless. And I think they were actually going to turn Paige, uh, or excuse me, Johnny B. Bad heel. If you kind of watch his Saturday night appearances, he's getting really mad at her, at uh, at Kimberly and yelling at her a bunch, and it just he's acting very heelish. Okay. Um, and with the match. This coming Sunday with Diamond Dallas Page being an I Quit Wrestling match, uh, just spoiler alert because it's it's not really pertinent that much to our Nitros, Diamond Dallas Page loses that match and actually goes off and heads down to the power plant for more training and repackaging. Oh, sure. So that would have happened no matter what, you know? It's not like he was oh, going to... Oh, gotcha. Yep. So he was, you know, they had maybe originally planned for her to go back with Page, but then they decided Page was actually going to come off TV for a while. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want her off TV because Kimberly Page, uh, those legs equal ratings, baby. Yes. <laughs> so she gets paired with the booty man instead. 
Um, but he's already, you know, he's kind of unhappy about that. And then he's in the middle of negotiating his contract. And uh, so that kind of picks it up in this interview. And let me find the uh, little bit I want to read here. He had some sort of disagreement uh, where they asked him to appear at a uh, racetrack with the WCW car that they've mentioned so much lately. <laughs> and he didn't want to or he, I don't know. It was just a disagreement between them. Mm-hmm. And then when he like cleared his schedule to make sure that he actually could go, then they told him that like he wasn't allowed to go. And he just got really mad. He told his wife that he was going to call WWF and she encouraged him to do so. So here this is picking up from uh, the mouth of Mark Merrow himself. I called Vince at his house and he picked up. It's a Friday and Vince just happened to be home. He thought I'd already signed with WCW, so he was really excited about me calling. He said, please don't sign with them. Let me make you an offer. Let me call you tomorrow morning. He called right when he said he would call the next day. Me and Vince had a wonderful agreement. I'm very happy with the opportunity I have there. And I told Vince I would do the same thing for your company. I've been in WCW for five years. Let me finish this month because I'm scheduled for the uncensored pay-per-view. I asked him if they had any, if he had any problem with them beating me and making me look ridiculous. He said that there was no problem uh, and that he didn't care because we're going to make me into a whole new character. They can do whatever they want with you, he said. I really respected him for that, uh, and I knew that I would do the same for him. So now I'm at Winston-Salem yesterday, and I'm at the airport, and I'm ready to get on the plane, and all of a sudden I saw Eric. Keller asks, at this point, had you talked to Eric about having talked with Vince McMahon? Marrow. No, I hadn't. I was legally allowed to do so. In fact, Eric had said to me many times when I was negotiating my contract, if you want to see Vince, you've got my permission. Go see if the grass is greener. He always said that to me, which sounds plausible to me, knowing yeah. Bischoff's cocky-ass attitude about everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before I went to the airport, I went to my attorney's office. I wanted to make sure he had everything straightened out with, with Vince. Everything is good with the contract with WWF, he told me. So I got to the airport, and I saw Eric at the Atlanta airport ready to fly out to Winston-Salem. I said, Eric, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, sure, what's the problem? I said, there's a problem because I haven't had a contract for 11 days, and I'm working without one, meaning that you can pay me whatever you want. Regular enhancement guys get $150 a match, and I just found out that's what you're going to pay me. So he asked me if there was a problem with my contract. I said there were some problems. Uh, Just summarizing, he didn't like that there was a, like, uh, what's that called? The no-compete at the end of the contract, like yeah. WWF has nowadays. Yeah. He didn't like that WCW had one for him. And uh, every three months there was a review. So essentially they could fire him at every 90 days, but he couldn't just quit his contract. Okay. So he didn't like that. So he said he wasn't going to go for that. Bischoff asked him to sit down. And uh, basically he asked Bischoff, as we alluded to, he asked Bischoff, Bischoff to sign an agreement saying at least while they're negotiating, he would get paid his prior rate. Bischoff refused, mm-hmm. and so Johnny B. Bad walked. So, no, this is just coming out of his mouth. You know, we we don't really have the other side of it. Yeah. But last week, I felt like we more or less kind of came down on Bischoff's side, saying confronting him at the airport was a little unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But given, you know, now that we hear the whole story that they'd been negotiating for a while and that the how the conversation started, I'm a little more 50-50. I'm a little more Mark Miro is not really to blame. I don't think he was super unprofessional. Sounds like sounds like everyone could have handled that one better. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, that's probably more context than we needed about old Johnny B. Bad, but I just found that out and I wanted to clarify, you know, now that I had a, another bit of research in my hands. <sighs> Oof. You ready for Uncensored, Dave? Are you ready, are you ready for unsanctioned, hard-hitting, contract-stipulated action? 
Well, I better watch it because next week they won't even show us footage, footage or pictures or even like. <laughs> yeah, They probably won't even be able to describe it. Yeah. The first rule of Uncensored is don't talk about <laughs> Uncensored. <laughs> well, on that note, we will see you next week with all of the action right here where the big boys play 20 fucking years <laughs> of Nitro. See their jackets? See the M's on it? That's for mental institutions. That's where they're from, not Michigan State. Uh,